Hi everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey, welcome back. Today we're looking at 2 Samuel 8 and 9, as well as 1 Chronicles 18, and we're basically picking up the story of David being confirmed as king and being blessed on every side. Immediately, we start talking about... um, David and his victories. So we're starting to see David taking over as king. He is very, very victorious in any and every situation that he brings the people of Israel into, um, which is exciting because I feel like for a while they've just been kind of like lost and meandering around and kind of wondering what the heck's going on and falling into a lot of bad things. Uh, But it is weird to me. So, like, it's kind of like that underdog I get excited about. You know what I mean? Because, like, David was actually king that whole time. And Saul's kind of the bad guy. But now David has taken over. Um, And there's, like, definitely an awkward moment in these first sentences where he's, like, killing every third guy by, like, making lines in the dirt. And, like, I don't know. That just feels, like, kind of cruel and unusual. Like just like odd like i guess he could have just destroyed them all like he could have just killed everybody um but like i don't know it feels like like almost like a lottery game like a game or something it was weird um but then the rest of them that weren't killed are basically taken to be like slaves of is that what they use the word slaves uh they're like vassal states they are servants i think is the actual term okay um, what So if you back it up, the last time we were in this narrative, we would have been in 2 Samuel 7 and 1 Chronicles 17. We talked about God's covenant with David, that he would give Israel peace on every side, and that David's um, offspring would become like a kingdom forever. And so we are seeing now through the narrative that God is in fact giving David peace on all sides. So this Mm -hmm. is a confirmation of the covenant, a sign of the covenant that a sign that God is keeping his promise is that David is literally successful everywhere he goes. So he goes up into Syria. Um, There's some vassal States in Syria. There's some vassal States uh, to the South. I believe that vassal. They, They like have some of their own identity. Like those, those cities did not become Israel. Um, but they were loyal to Israel. Mm. We have not seen Israel enjoying peace at mm-hmm. all throughout this narrative. Even when, even when Joshua brings the people into the land, they're they're being like accosted nonstop. They're being mm-hmm. they're at war all the time. And so God comes in and says, "David, I'm going to give you peace on all sides. I'm going to make you king. I'm going to bless you into you know the future." And so we see that happening when we read these opening chapters. We should see like, oh, God's doing exactly what God said he would do. Mm -hmm. So if that part is true, that there would be peace on all sides, then surely the fact that he will be a forever kingdom is also true. Yeah. Um, So I guess moving from there, so like they're they're being victorious all over the place against many different foes. Um, But then in chapter nine, I actually really appreciate this because in chronicles you basically get the same story as what you are hearing in chapter eight it's interesting chronicles does not talk about mephibosheth at this point i'll have to find out that's what i'm saying like that part is not in it which is weird but whatever but that being said the unique part about second samuel's reading today is that um 
David is basically searching for anybody that is in the line of Saul because he wants to extend them kindness. Um, so that's kind of interesting. That shows a little bit more um, of that, like, humanity piece of David. Uh, if you think of anybody who's gone through significant loss, like, I was even thinking, like, a special person to me is my grandmother. And I was actually thinking today, like, she passed away two years ago. But there's, like, pretty much not a day that goes by that I don't mm-hmm. think of her. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, that kind of, like, grabbed my attention because David is still mourning the loss of his really, really close friend. Um, and because of that, he's like, okay, guys, like, does anybody know? Is there anybody within the line of Saul that is still left? Um, so it's really cool that that he wants to bless them um, because there is someone. It's Jonathan's son. Um, and what's unique about him even more so is that um, he is crippled. And, like, I think he even refers to himself as a dog or something. Doesn't he yeah, say that? He like, does, yeah. He doesn't think highly of himself at all. But right. so, And David's just like, you know what? No, I'm going to take care of you. You're welcome at my table anytime. Um, so it's kind of cool. It's like that pay it forward idea. There's, there's a couple cultural things here that are important to catch. The first thing is what would have been very normal and very acceptable was if a new king comes in, all of the old king's family is destroyed completely. That's so sad. So, like, that entire line would be wiped out to ensure peace in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So the fact that David is saying, hey, do they have any descendants? First of all, it's not odd. That's not odd. Like, what's odd is what he says next. Do they have any descendants? Yeah. You would expect hey, so are there any like... Saul's descendants left? And, the, the, like, his people were like, oh, yeah, let's get him. And he's like, yeah, like, bring him in. I want him to eat at my table. So it's wild that he's allowing Mephibosheth a seat at his table, first of all, as a descendant of Saul, second of all, as a person who is, like, unable to walk. Like, that would not be a person seen at, mm-hmm. you know, like, as a royal. Um the second thing that's really culturally important is the fact that he's eating at the table with David. That is something that is available only to like future heirs. Mm. And so the fact that he not only allows him into his household, but then also allows him to do things that future heirs would do is wild and scandalous. But David is keeping a promise that he made to Saul and to Jonathan that he would not exterminate his line. And so here we see David being honest and upright. Obviously, Saul and Jonathan have passed away a long time ago, and he is faithful to what he said, and he wouldn't have to be. Mm-hmm. So I guess where does that leave us then? Like, what's a year part for today's readings? Like, uh, I feel the, like there's the, a lot from this story. The reading is admittedly bizarre because what I wanted to say was, isn't it amazing how David treats his enemies? Like Mephibosheth could be his <laughs> enemy's son. And I was like, oh, shoot. I can't say that yeah. one in the same breath. He like <laughs> killed every one third in a pretty awkward way. I don't want to ignore yeah. that or whitewash that. Um, I, I do think the kindness that he shows Mephibosheth, I think out of loyalty to his friend Jonathan, I think also probably out of loyalty to the Lord's anointed to some degree. Mm-hmm. We've talked at length about David's resistance to taking things into his own hands. I think the fact that he refused to do that enables him to then do this. Like imagine if David would have killed Saul in the cave Right. Or imagine if he would have run Saul through with the spear. Mm-hmm. Like Mephibosheth would be like, dude, I'm not coming to your house. You're just going to secret right. kill me. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but instead, 
Mephibosheth is welcomed in. He's given a seat of honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's an incredibly kind thing that David is doing. Um, and then on top of that, I think the fact that God is granting peace on all side. We we had a king who was not faithful to the Lord, who did whatever he wanted, and God did not bless what he did. We just read a psalm yesterday that talks about how uh, armies and horses do not guarantee victory, do not guarantee peace. Mm-hmm. Loyalty to the Lord guarantees peace. Mm-hmm. Here, like we read that psalm, now today we have proof of what that psalm teaches. David's heart was directed to God because David was loyal to God. There was peace in the kingdom. And so what is the your part? Uh, <laughs> if, say, are if you you're a king, uh, if you're a king, be faithful to the Lord and your nation will be blessed because of your faithfulness to the Lord. Now, I'm and guessing... the other 99% of us. <laughs> since there's a lot of kings in our audience, I think that is radically applicable to all of you. <laughs> um, no, for the rest of us, I think it is be faithful with whatever you have responsibility over and honor the Lord with it. I think it is wildly tempting on a day-to-day basis to not do that. There are so many decisions where you could take the quicker route, you could take the more effective route, you could... You know, I don't know. Like, I, I, uh, my, my terrible admission is I used to talk about manipulating people into the right direction. Oh, brother. And that's, that's not being faithful to God. Being faithful to God is seeking him, praying to him, asking him to act. Obviously, we don't, like, sometimes we need to actually do something. Um, but a lot of times we're taking things into our own hands and calling. trusting that he'll Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So whatever you're facing today, you know, if, if you're hearing me and you're like, I'm not really facing anything, then like, glory to God. It's like, praise God for the fact that he has granted you peace on all sides. Uh-huh. Um, but if you are dealing with something difficult, like just pray to God about that thing that you're facing. And I think follow David's example of refusing to take it into your own hands. Uh, don't manipulate people. Don't twist people's arms but pray to God and ask God to move and then be amazed at how he does move because Mephibosheth would not be sitting at David's table if David had killed Saul himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's the, your part for today. Do what you can to walk that out, stick around for the reading and we'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Second Samuel chapter eight. After this, David defeated the Philistines and subdued them, and David took Methagama out of the hand of the Philistines. And he defeated Moab, and he measured them with a line, making them lie down on the ground. Two lines he measured to be put to death, and one full line to be spared. And the Moabites became servants to David and brought tribute. David also defeated Hadadezer, the son of Rahab, king of Zobah, as he went to restore his power at the river Euphrates. And David took from him 1,700 horsemen and 20,000 foot soldiers. And David hamstrung all the chariot horses, but left enough for 100 chariots. And then when the Syrians of Damascus came to help Hadadezer, king of Zobah, David struck down 22,000 men of the Syrians. Then David put garrisons in Aram of Damascus, And the Syrians became servants to David and brought tribute. And the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. 
And David took the shields of gold that were carried by the servants of Hadadezer and brought them to Jerusalem. And from Beda and from Barathai, cities of Hadadezer, King David took very much bronze. When Toy, king of Hamath, heard of David and that he had defeated the whole army of Hadadezer, Toy sent his son Joram and to King David to ask about his health and to bless him because he had fought against Hadadezer and defeated him, for Hadadezer had often been at war with Toy. And Joram brought with him articles of silver, of gold, and of bronze. These also King David dedicated to the Lord, together with the silver and gold that he dedicated from all the nations that he had subdued, from Edom, Moab, the Ammonites, the Philistines, Amalek, and from the spoil of Hadadezer, the son of Rahab, king of Zobah. And David made a name for himself when he returned from striking down 18,000 Edomites in the valley of Salt. Then he put garrisons in Edom. Throughout all Edom he put garrisons. And all of the Edomites became David's servants. And the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. So David reigned over all Israel, and David administered justice and equity to all his people. Joab, the son of Zeruah, was over the army, and Jehoshaphat, the son of Elihud, was the recorder, and Zodak, the son of Ahitab, and Amalek, the son of Abathar, were priests, and Sariah was secretary, and Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was of the Sheratites and the Pelethites, and David's sons were priests. And David said, is there still anyone left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of the house of Saul, whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there not still someone in the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. The king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, He is in the house of Makar, the son of Emil, at Lobdebar. Then king David sent and brought him from the house of Makar, and the son of Amiel, at Lobdebar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan, and I will restore you to all the land of Saul your father, and you shall eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? Then the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, All that belonged to Saul and all his house I have given to your master's grandson, and that you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king commands his servant, so will your servant do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons, 
and Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephibosheth's servants. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he ate always at the king's table. Now he was lame in both his feet. First Chronicles 18 After this, David defeated the Philistines and subdued them, and he took Gath and its villages out of the hand of the Philistines. And he defeated Moab and the Moabites, became servants to David, and brought him tribute. David also defeated Hadadezer, king of Zobah, Hamath, as he went and set up his monument at the river Euphrates. And David took from him 1,000 chariots, 7,000 horsemen, and 20,000 foot soldiers. And David hamstrung all the chariot horses, but left enough for a hundred chariots. And when the Syrians of Damascus came to help Hadadezer, king of Zobah, David struck down 22,000 men of the Syrians. Then David put garrisons in Syria of Damascus, and the Syrians became servants to David and brought tribute. And the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. And David took the shields of gold that were carried by the servants of Hadadezer and brought them to Jerusalem. And from Tibbeth to Kun, cities of Hadadezer, David took a large amount of bronze. With it, Solomon made the bronze sea and the pillars and the vessels of bronze. When Tu, the king of Hamath, heard that David had defeated the whole army of Hadadezer, king of Zobah, he sent his son Hadaram to King David to ask about the health and to bless him because he had fought against Hadadezer and defeated him. For Hadadezer had often been at war with two. And he sent all sorts of articles of gold, of silver, and of bronze. These also King David dedicated to the Lord together with the silver and gold that he carried off from all the nations, from Edom, Moab, and the Ammonites, the Philistines, and Amalek. And Abishai, the son of Jeruiah, killed 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. Then he put garrisons in Edom, and all the Edomites became David's servants, and the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. So David reigned over all Israel, and he administered justice and equity to all his people. And Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was over the army, and Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahlud, was the recorder, and Zadok, the son of Ahitub, and Ahimelech, the son of Abathar, were priests, and Shafsha was secretary, and Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and David's sons were the chief officials in the service of the king. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.